welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. You know, we talk a lot about creating a niche, but the interesting thing is, is a lot of you are concerned that one, it's going to uh, make it so that you're not competitive in the marketplace, or two, you're concerned that you're going to be so highly specialized that you're actually going to kind of work yourself out of a job. And Jane, our guest today, took a very different approach. Not only does she have a very, very specific focus that's very personal to her, so it's very easy for her to uh, involve herself and involve herself in this niche, but she also loves meeting with other financial services professionals because what she does is so unique and different, and a lot of you don't know what to do in these situations and also don't want to do it, so you're able to outsource it to Jane. Jane Meefum, thank you very much for being on the show and welcome. Thank you so much, Matt. I love that intro. Well, so we had such a great conversation yesterday in preparing for the show. And one of the things that you said was you made a lot of mistakes early on. But before we really get to that, let, let's talk about what is your niche and why did you end up choosing that specifically because it is so personal to you? Absolutely. So I work with foreign-born families. And when you think about foreign-born families in the U.S., we're thinking about people who are here on visas, and they could be immigrant visas or non-immigrant visas. So these could be people who just came here to work, like the H-1B, L-1 type of visas, or they've already started their journey towards becoming citizens, so they might be green card holders, or they've become citizens already. But they're still always looking for uh, what I like to describe as a culturally sensitive advisor. So somebody that will take into consideration their background and where they're coming from and kind of look at things through their eyes, especially people that move to the U.S. when they're adults. Does that make sense? It does. No, so now I'm sure that everybody's now listening to your voice and say, oh my gosh, Jane's got a really cool accent. So where are you from? And you actually are living this also, which I think is, you know, just makes such a strong emotional connection with this niche. Absolutely. So I was born in Kenya. I grew up um, in a little city just outside of the city. And I came to the U.S. to actually go to college. And the story I kind of like to tell is, and sometimes people say, oh, that sounds so sad, is literally my parents bought me a one-way ticket, got me to the airport and said, Jane, bye-bye. And I was like, yay, I'm off to start my American dream. So to me, the fact that they trusted and believed I could do it, that, that said a lot about them. We're sending off our daughter to go figure out her future. And so I came here on an F-1 visa and I went through the whole process of once you're an F-1 visa, hopefully you get a job, you get what's called OPT practical training. And what happens with every one of these stages is you need to kind of try and be two steps ahead so you can figure out what the next status is. So I went through F-1 OPT training, H-1B visa, 
green card holder and finally became a citizen. And I know that's like a two-minute overview, but that's like a multi-year long journey, you know, with lots of stresses and um, lots of things going on. But yeah, so I really, really completely understand when people come in and they're coming in on all those different visas. So one of the things that we get resistance on, Jane, often is people say, well, you know, I'm really concerned about limiting my potential audience or prospect pool with having this niche. So, I mean, you're really, really focused here. And on top of that, I'm sure advisors are thinking right now, well, you know, how does she make a living with this? You know, are, you know, do these people actually have money to manage? How do you do that? How do you get in front of them? And so let's start with the last question and then I'll kind of uh, back up. How are you getting the word out to have these people, right? People who are working here on Visa specifically, um, how do they find you? What sort of marketing have you been doing to really attract this niche? So one of the things I think I sort of mentioned to you is I feel like I'm still very new in this journey. And so as um, Taylor Schulte talks a lot about is I'd like to think of doing experiments in marketing. These people are out there, you're right. Think about this 45 million people in the US who are foreign born. They're coming from all different countries. So it's not a, a very homogeneous group. That's the other thing. And so it's the kind of groups that you sort of connect one by one, literally. So that's the first thing. So one thing I knew is I really needed to educate people. And if you look at a lot of my posts, if you look at my blog posts, it's a lot of education. I love to write, but it takes me a while to kind of put all that together. And, and I keep going back to this is the information that I wanted when I was going through the journey and I really couldn't find it. So doing a lot of um, a lot of writing, blog posts, I've started, I've been publishing on a lot of magazines. So like I started doing a lot of work with advisor perspectives, which I know is really a place for other advisors, different magazines. And anytime I write something, I always, always bring it back to if you're foreign born, this is how this could apply to you. So that's one way I'm doing it. The other thing I started doing, and I think it was uh, maybe about a month ago, I had a great session with the Harvard Business School where I was talking to their graduating class. They have folks from about 35 countries and the students, they're 25 to 35, let's say, they have a lot of questions. They don't know what to do. Are they Should they be filing taxes? What are the things they should be concerned about? And so I started doing that sort of webinar series, very targeted saying, you guys are about to graduate. I know you got a lot of financial questions, the implications of being foreign students. Let's talk about that. So that's, that's something I just started doing. I'm reaching out now to more colleges, starting with my old uh, university and just start talking to them. And then the next thing is really, I want to start reaching out to companies in the area. So really it's, it's evolving. It's like, I, I really feel comfortable about the niche that I have. I feel very passionate about the message that I want to get across. And I kind of want everybody to know you're not alone. We've lived this journey come, let me help you. Confidence, passion, right? Expertise. You, you really check all of those boxes, which is so important, uh, you know, for the niche. And the other thing too, that I really love is, 
um, you're identifying all of these targets. You're identifying these different areas and opportunities, right? A lot of advisors aren't going to think, well, gosh, I should go to my old university and, you know, offer this free education. And because of your approach and because of your history of success in educating people, the receptivity on that end is is much higher. But Jane, I, I one of the things I felt about you immediately when we chatted was you are there to provide service. You are not trying to sell people stuff. Was that an early on mindset for you? When did you make that switch? I want people, I really wanted this information when I started out. So so let me, let me go back a couple of years. I came into the country. I know I had great academic qualifications. I got a great job. And I remember my very first job, I went out and they said, oh, Jane, great benefits. He's a 401k. And I had no idea what a 401k was. And the thing I remember was the frustration of not knowing and the whole sense of I'm going to fail in this country. I'm supposed to be having a dream. They've just offered me this opportunity to make something of my future, but because I don't know what to do with it. It, it, it really weighed heavily on me. And so I started educating myself as much as I could. And my whole thing was, as soon as I learn, I'm going to talk to other people about it. I want people, because I know, I understand the journeys that people take to get here. You know, sending your 23-year-old to another country, another continent. That takes a lot. So I really want to help people. And so I keep saying to folks, come over, I'll explain it to you. But what happens is people listen and start understanding what you're talking about. They kind of start appreciating. Maybe she can help us do a little bit more with our situation. And so by posting all these things out there, people are coming in. They say, oh, I've been listening to you. I've been watching you for the last one year. And now I feel like I'm ready to take the next step. When we talked before, one of the things that you brought up, which is is something that I think financial services professionals have to overcome in general, uh, which is the idea of being trusted. But you're in a very different category with that because people who are you know living in this country, there is a little bit more of an inherent distrust because they don't think that you have the shared experience. Since you have the shared experience, what are you doing and how are you helping uh, to build trust within this community so that they come to yes to accept your help uh, more quickly? So one of them, it's just time. You know, it's like we've seen her a couple of times. We had a talk about this. It sounds like she's credible. So that's the first thing. But also the fact that I've been through it. So one of the things I find is where sometimes mistrust comes from is if you come from a country where the financial system is completely different from here and you've had bad experiences you come in and it's like eh, i don't know if i can trust these people and that takes time so that's the other thing and so me saying i've lived your journey i've been through what you've been through i've made some bad mistakes in the past i completely understand what it means to be an immigrant, for example, in a brand new country. Give me a chance to just explain this to you and we'll go from there. And that does seem to, to build trust. It's like, because I've also got on the call with folks and they look and say, oh, you get it. You know, that, that, that whole thing of, oh, you get it. So I think really being on the same journey and maybe talking about some of what I've been through 
does seem to help. And this is one of the reasons why I really wanted you on the show, because I don't think that people really truly understand how valuable it is to bring your life experiences so much at the forefront in your practice with your marketing, with what you offer, with how you position yourself in the marketplace. Now, a lot of our uh, our listeners aren't immigrants. They they came here or they, they, they've lived here their whole life. And, and a lot of them, to be fully transparent, have had a lot of privilege uh, when it comes to the life that they've lived and a lot of doors that are opened. If you were going to give them advice on how to build this trust that you're able to build, um, is there anything that you would tell you know the average American financial advisor who's 62 and a half is generally you know a, a white person who's lived and probably done this for 20 or 30 years? What sort of advice would you give them that, that you've learned that really works for you to help build trust more quickly? So, so let me let me give you an example. Maybe this this will help. Um, I did say my spouse is my husband is from a different country. He came in on another different visa. And all along, I think um, I always knew we wanted to talk to different financial professionals. And now looking back, I'm thinking, Oh man, that, that was not really a mess, but just a struggle because we didn't understand the language. And I keep going back to our parents sent us here because they knew we were going to be great at, you know, making a dream in this country. We got great academic qualifications and yet what they're talking about does not make sense. So I'll give you an example. So we went to this person once and he asked us all kinds of questions. It was one of those freebies that they do through work. And then a couple of days later or two, you know, two, three weeks later, you come back and he's got his plan ready. And he looks at, you know, he looks at us and says, you guys have great income. So we're like, okay, thank you. That sounds good. I think I could take you on as clients. And I'm almost quoting what he said. It's like, mm, okay. And then he said, but I don't know where your money is going. I'm more like, what do you mean you don't know where our money is going? You, 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 you had a chance to talk to us and yeah, I can't see where these 10,000 to what, whatever the amount of money was. And we kind of got defensive because being from two different countries, anytime we want to visit family, we're getting on a plane. Okay. That year we had had maybe two weddings, a couple funerals and, that type of thing. So it was a very expensive year. And the thing I remember thinking to myself is, I wish he had asked us because he could tell, obviously, we were not born in this country, not that we do have accents and maybe say, do you have overseas family? And what's your relationship with that? And do you visit them? That kind of thing. And so I walked away feeling like, oh, and so my thing is, if you're going to work with this group, you need to one, look at things through their eyes. Don't you, you know the numbers. We know how to do financial planning, but don't assume that they have the same values as you. And I like to think of it as family financial planning, because the ones who are here, you're probably having to take care of the ones overseas. And so you need to bring all these to the to the table from the first conversation. Don't make assumptions. Talk to them about their values. Don't assume anything. 
find out what's important to them. As soon as they say they got, for example, family overseas, I find a lot of people, they're the parents' long-term care planning. They're the parents' retirement planning. And whether you're going to do it or not, they will still do those things. So it's really being sensitive, I think, to where people are coming from. And stop looking at things through your eyes. I know long-winded, but does that make sense or help? That's, I mean, there, there's the golden nugget, everybody, is you have to stop looking through everything through your your specific filters. You know, and I, I, I say this a lot, Jane, but, you know, man, if everybody just shut up and listened, the world would just be so much better of a place. And, and so it's interesting because so what that advisor was trying to do was to sell you a product or service and they were making an exception to work with you, which nowadays really backfires, right? Um, that used to be this kind of principle of exclusivity that made people feel special. That's not how people want to begin a relationship. You know, we've talked about in this industry for so long that it's a relationship business, but it hasn't been. It's been a sales business. And what you're doing is you're you're listening, you're asking the right questions, you're finding out what their values are. Those are so, so vitally important. And even if you don't share the same values, knowing that somebody listened to your values changes that relationship. And in that right there, uh, everybody, that's worth the whole podcast. I mean, we're still going to talk about a couple of other things, uh, but I just wanted you to, I mean, that is the advice I was hoping to, to pull out of you because when we talked previously, you have this kind of openness and receptivity to who you are and how you communicate. And if we could bottle that and and give that to the majority of the financial services out there, the professionals out there, I just think that everything would really change. That's amazing. That's all I'm going to say, Matt. You did talk about, uh, what's a word that you used? Uh, tuning out or tweaking out? You used a great word yesterday. I guess to get to this point and you're absolutely right if we look at things through other people's eyes oh and one more whatever stereotypes you've had about people from these different countries forget it okay so so how do you work with other financial services professionals? Because I'm sure that there's people listening saying, oh my gosh, I've turned down all sorts of business because I've no idea what I'm doing with these different kinds of visas and the tax structures and you know moving money back and forth between countries, which is stuff that you have a lot of experience with. How do you play nice in the sandbox with other financial services professionals? Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So uh, uh, I'm very active on things like FPA, Activate, or NAPFA, just answering questions because I do see a lot of questions coming up and what has happened lately I think the more the more exposure I get with all the articles that I'm writing for the magazines I've had advisors reach out to me and say I just got this H1B visa client I don't know what to do would you be willing to hop on a call with me and I've actually done a few of those where I'll get on a call with somebody and just kind of talk them through these are the things to think about but the thing I always say to folks is I'm happy to help you. But at some point, you know, maybe if it gets to the point where you feel like you're, it's out of your depth, I'm happy to take on this client. So I've actually had a few referrals from different advisors saying, I've no idea what to do with this person. And I really appreciate that. And I think, I think going forwards, I'm probably going to try and do more of this, really more of educating advisors, doing webinars and, and that sort of thing because i want people to understand 
it's it's such an awesome group to work with, but they're definitely certain specific skill sets or things that you want to bring to this crew. That educational approach, that air, that level of receptivity, um, it, it, it's just, it's the way things are and the way that things should be now, right? Uh, it's, it's, the idea that everything is pie and if I have a piece, you have less, that's not the world that we live in. There's more than enough to go around. And in you having this area of, of expertise and specialty, um, actually, in, in our opinion, uh, not just Proudmouth, but I think in a lot of the social circles that I'm in, makes you look even better as an advisor. I mean, so think about this, listeners. I mean, could you imagine if you could bring Jane in and say, hey, look, I have a friend who's a specialist and works with, you know, people who are just like you. We would love to be able to provide you with services, but I need to call in a ringer. I need to call in a pro and an expert. That makes you look so good as an advisor um, and then allows those people who are sitting in front of you who have, are asking you for help to get actual help. Oh, really appreciate that. That says a lot. Well, I just I, I I love how you uh, do content, and and actually that's how I want to finish the show today, um, because you do a lot of writing and you do a lot of education, and you had said earlier, you know, that that's not the easiest thing for you. A lot of advisors really want to write, Jane. They love writing. They know that's a very powerful media for them to use. Let's talk about how you do it. How do you find the time, find the discipline, and also, most importantly, how do you know when the article's done? Um, I don't know when it's done, but I suppose if I have a magazine publishing it, it's got to go, right? That's the first thing. I have to say I do love creative writing. In While I was doing my computer science stuff, I actually did like two years of creative writing. Because I love how you can paint and say so much with just few words. So I love writing poetry. I don't think I've said that to a lot of people. Just the fact that I can really condense like this long statement into just as few words as possible. So that's the first thing. And then I have all these questions that folks ask. So I have like a long list of here are all the questions that I want to answer for people. But what I've done is on my calendar, I think it's on Wednesdays, I've blocked the whole day as my writing day. So I have all these ideas, things I want to write about, and I'll just pull out one of them and I'll say, okay, I'm just going to sit here and write as much as I can. And listening to Derek Pollard's, I think, podcast that was so, so helpful to me, as well as there's a podcast you did with uh, with Kirk on putting um, stuff together. To me, I'm still... I'm still trying to improve that craft. So now I've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, this is what I want to say. Here are the four, five, six different points. And I just have to come in and do the fillers. And of course, as I do it, I, I will reference like a lot of, you know, personal stuff. Like there was one article I wrote about guardianship when you have overseas family. And I literally used all example because we don't have family in the country. We're from different countries. How do we approach that? So I'll put in a little bit of that. And that just makes it easy to write because these are things that I guess I'm passionate about. The other one you might notice is I tend to write quite a bit about running because I really enjoy running and I've been on a, on a, on a running journey. And I find very many similarities between running and managing money. So it's kind of drawing things um, 
happening in my life, but at the same time, trying to be disciplined enough to block time to say, Wednesday, I get up, I sit at the desk and I write. <laughs> if anybody is still on the fence with, with not bringing their personal life into their financial services practice, I think Jane should have just quelled all of your concerns there talking about those very specific personal stories. In fact, um, if you look at some of the most interacted uh, posts on social media from thought leaders, it isn't their normal content. It's actually something personal about themselves because people want to feel that connection. And once they feel that connection, then they're going to start consuming your content more and more. So I love the time blocking. I love, you know, the thought organization. I'm super glad that you got uh, that, that those interviews with Derek were, were wonderful. The guy's a genius, literally he's a PhD creative writer. Um, you know, how Kirk organizes his thoughts has always been very fascinating to me. And I'm glad that you got good value out of those. We'll make sure that we put some links into those past uh, episodes. But to, to wrap it up today, um, who? so if, if advisors are like, okay, I like this Jane lady. She's freaking cool. Uh, I see that she really knows what she's talking about. And I know that there are a lot of people who she could help. Who are you looking for? So if you could... Um, Tell our audience like who your ideal target market is and who you help the best. Who who would that be? So when I started out, because of having been in IT for so long, I worked with a lot of immigrants like me. I went through the whole process of hiring folks on work visas. My thing was anybody foreign born, especially in STEM, in science, IT, because I know there's a lot to do with things like stock options. How do you deal with those when you're not born in the country? So that's the first thing. But I've now come down to, so that that's a very specific group, somebody foreign born in IT, or I mean, they don't necessarily have to be in STEAM, but the key thing is you're looking for an advisor that's going to be culturally sensitive to your background. So that could also be somebody, I guess, who's born here, but that is so important to you. You really want an advisor that's going to let you bring your whole self into the whole planning process. So um, foreign born, looking for a culturally sensitive advisor. I love folks who are who got stock options, so STEM. Uh, industry. All right. So, and I'm going to throw this out there too, because we talked about this yesterday. If you're an advisor who has a podcast and would like to have a guest to provide great value and education to your established client base, I, I totally think that you should connect with Jane. Uh, she, she has a lot of stuff on link to everybody. We'll make sure that her, her links are in the show notes. Uh, but Jane, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, one, it's an honor to know you. Thank you for, for the work that you're doing. I, I love your marketing mindset. I love your just overall work mindset. Uh, and I'm really grateful to have a chance to have interviewed you. I really appreciate it. And I keep saying, uh, thank God for Twitter, because that's how I met you guys. <laughs> Yay for social media. All right, everybody. Yay. So I'm going to break this down just very, very quickly. So number one, um, check your own crap at the door. I'm paraphrasing there, right? When you're meeting with somebody, you need to understand that whatever your preconceived notions of whoever's sitting across from you, one, are probably wrong. Two, are going to stop the sale. Number three, are going to make it so that you stay pigeonholed in an area that you're going to have, you know, kind of the same repetitive, ridiculous thinking. Expand your ideas. Expand your mind. Uh, 
meet people from other places, find out how you can really just open up those doors because it's absolutely beautiful. And it's even better because you're going to not only learn more about yourself, but you're hopefully going to get out of your own way, which all of you know is the majority of your problem. You are the reason why you're not marketing more successfully. You are the reason why you're not overall more successful. Get out of your own way. Check your crap at the door. There's number one. Number two, man, you can be hyper-focused with your niche, everybody. Hyper, hyper-focused. STEM people who are from other countries who have options, right? I mean, goodness gracious, that's pretty focused. But listen, those are a lot of serious things that are big picture questions for people who are living in this country who are working here are probably making a lot of money. How awesome would it be to be able to help them specifically? And finally, set the time aside to write, right? If you love to write, if you love to podcast, if you love to shoot video, block that time, get in the right mindset, stay in that mindset, reduce your distractions. When that happens, marketing magic happens. Marketing magic happens. All right, Jane, uh, thank you very much again for being on the show. For all of us here at Proudmouth, uh, if you have not subscribed to the show, make sure that you do. If you have not joined the Pod Rocket Academy, please do. It's free. Uh, if you want to learn how to start your own podcast, Podcasting 101 is a free course that we would love to be able to have you take so that you can get your voice out of the market place, rise above the noise, and truly be your own loud. So for Jane and all of us here at Proudmouth, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you. That was awesome. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.